0: Hello and welcome to Manga MangaSplaining, the show where we recommend great manga to folks who haven't read much manga before. Hosted by Deb Aoki, David Brothers, Christopher Butcher, and Chip Zdarsky. Follow along with our show notes and reading lists at com. This week, my pick is Blue Period, Volume 1 by Tsubasa Yamaguchi from Kodansha Comics. However, before we get too deep into that, I want to let Chris jump in and share a little news. Go ahead, Chris.
1: This is not only the podcast where we talk about manga, but also, we have started a new newsletter where we talk about manga and also publish manga. Who knew? Gasp! <laughs> it's true. Deb and I and Andrew are starting a brand new publishing endeavor under the Manga Splaining Bander. It's the very first manga substack. It's going to be called MSX or Manga Splaining Extra. And we're going to be publishing some manga. Our first two projects that we've announced are Okinawa, which is actually two separate volumes by. Gekiga, sort of alternative manga creator named susumu higa and we're doing a very special one shot it's called higoro and it's by tayo matsumoto who as you if you've been listening to the podcast you know is my favorite dude it's actually a unpublished prelude slash special version of his current series that's being serialized in japan right now that no one's ever seen before not even in japan so we've got those two projects and much more coming. We won't go on too much about it up front because I think we're all excited to get to Blue Period. But I can say if you want to go to com, you'll find all the information there or mongasplaining.substack.com and you can just sign up or read our first couple of couple of newsletters right away. Thanks so much for all of the support over the first year that we've been doing this podcast. It's now allowed us to do something this cool and we're really, really stoked about it. And yeah, more to come.
2: Well... Wait, sorry. Will we be reviewing these books so I can tear them to pieces?
1: I think we're gonna follow David's lead on this, <laughs> <It depends laughs> on how it goes. Like we review Viz books. David works for Viz, and it's like <laughs> David sits those ones out. So I think the books that maybe Deb recommended into the podcast, she'll probably want to sit out, and the books that I recommended on the podcast, maybe I'll we'll sit out. But you know, maybe we'll do it as a special bonus episode, or maybe we won't review it and we'll just advertise it incessantly every episode who can say who can say how it'll go
2: but i can still shit on them right
1: yeah yeah like yeah yeah
2: yeah. by all
0: means
3: so good (laughs) (laughs) i also have a frequently asked question
1: you said deb chris and andrew who the heck is andrew it's it's that guy i live with that i've been married (laughs) to for nigh on i've been with for almost 20 years so that's pretty sweet he is founding the company with us which is pretty fun he is an experienced writer and editor and brings a tempering gentle hand to the proceedings so i won't say anything like all light novels are trash that's why he's there <laughs> uh, also he's really good at his job so yeah and david obviously is not working on this because he works for his media and <laughs> wow that's a conflict of interest if he does so
2: and i'm not working on it cuz i'm really tired
1: he's yeah. so tired yeah, I'm actually
3: founding a publisher called MSEX, so look out for that. Ooh. <laughs> all
2: raw hero you. all the time. Exactly, oh Chip gets me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but We should talk about Blue Period, I guess. Yeah, yeah I all guess right. we should. But congratulations, Deb and
1: Chris. <laughs> thank you, and thank you for being a part of all this. This is, is going to be fun.
0: I'm uh, so excited woo. when we get to announce the next two titles, because I think they're going to be very, very exciting.
1: Yeah, we're only, we're, we're starting off, we're under-promising, and hopefully we'll over-deliver. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we're working on that. Yeah. But anyway, now back to manga published by other people. Yeah, because that's what we're here for. Blue Period, Volume 1 by Tsubasa Yamaguchi. It is published by Kodansha. Volumes 1 through 6 are available now in print and digital. And there are 11 volumes in Japan. There are 12 episodes of the anime airing now on Netflix. It is translated by Ajani Aloye. She's lettered by Liz Blakesley and edited by Haruko Hashimoto. An interesting thing about this manga is that sometimes, you know, we talk about it like, oh, it's maybe it's kind of like a shonen manga because it's about this guy who high school boy who's trying to get into a very competitive art school. But it's actually a seinen manga. It's been published in Monthly Afternoon, which is the Kodansha seinen manga magazine. It's won a couple of awards, and I think it's really special. So let's see, before I get too far, I'm going to read off the, the story description from Kodaj's website. Yatora is a perfect high school student with good grades and lots of friends. It's an effortless performance and ultimately a dull one. But he wanders into the art room one day and a lone painting captures his eye, awakening him to the kind of beauty he never knew. Compelled and consumed, he dives in headfirst and he's about to learn how savage and unforgiving art can be. I only assigned the first one because I think the first one's a nice little introduction to this story. You get to meet Yatora and who he is and who his friends are and what, what his life is like before he discovers art and painting. It kind of t- sets him on his first steps of his journey towards really thinking about that he wants to make painting, becoming, uh, being an artist and making that his life, or at least making it his college dream, his college direct career direction. So I know some of us have gone to art school. All of us have gone to college. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you know, I mean, on, on one hand, it's like I was reluctant to re- recommend Blue Period for a while because I thought, well, we did a lot of manga about making manga. And we've also done manga about art school, which was like blank canvas. But I thought like what, what Blue Period does really interestingly is it, you know, like what we read in blank canvas, it goes a little farther on the art school side of things. Like what it's like to, you know, learn art and what it's like to get into art school in Japan, which is very different than it is in America. You know, I mean, at least that teacher here doesn't have a bamboo sword all the time, you know, <laughs> wacky <whacking> the kids. <laughs> but I'm curious. Let's see. I'm going to ask Chip here because you went to art school. <laughs> what did you think of Blue Period? I mean, your first impressions.
1: I like this new trend of making Chip go first, by the way. This
2: is my <laughs> I wasn't very good in art school, I should say. So. I th- this was a tricky one for me because I think in reading this I realized how much I love blank canvas maybe even mm-hmm. more so than when when we originally read it. I felt like that series had kind of more personality to it than than this one did. This one definitely felt like it was created from a distance. Mm-hmm. Where blank canvas felt like a like a personal personality filled kind of journey. But this was really well done. The explainer manga parts of it kind of took me out a little bit. Even though I, I appreciated them but I also didn't care about them because I knew <laughs> most of what they were saying, so I was just mm-hmm. like, Oh, okay, alright. Let's just get past this part. But it was it was a it was a really well done volume and and yeah. Yeah. I liked it.
4: kind of yeah no i
2: I mean i I did i don't know weirdly enough i don't think it was for me
0: oh why's that
2: maybe because i went to art school oh like like weirdly enough because i went to art school i appreciate blank canvas more but Mm. because i went to art school i appreciated this less because i think Mm. it would have been a lot more interesting to somebody who didn't go to art school like and, and even still like the competitiveness of japanese art schools I already kind of know that from reading Blank Canvas. Ah, so yeah, so I I wasn't I wasn't pulling a lot from this. The main character was adorable, hunky, cool. I I did like you know similar to Blank Canvas his his back and forth with his ego, with with you know people telling him how good his his piece was, which is what kind of got him kind of chasing the dragon a little bit throughout this. The teacher was very funny.
1: Yeah, she's great. I love the teacher. <laughs>
2: yeah, her enthusiastic response to the, the one student wanting to draw his girlfriend's breasts <laughs> made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, her, her one-on-one with the main character, where she talks to him about why he should go to art school felt very ludicrous and like someone's kind of trying to write reasons as to why you would go to art school, but not really coming up with anything good. Mm. (laughs) I see. At one point, I got to hear, she goes, I see, if that's how you see things, what is there to guarantee that you can make a living from going to a regular college? Like, (laughs) come on. (laughs) (laughs) You have a much better chance of making a living going to a regular college. Trust me. Mm. Yeah, like, I mean, she has a bunch of weird circular logic in that scene that I'm just like, oh, yeah, this uh, either something was lost in translation or or the writer was just, like, trying to come up with something but not really coming up with anything.
0: <laughs> like, like, try- like trying to steer the story in the direction they want it to go.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah and then just kind of fumbling along the way. Mm. She's like, you can also get a teacher's or curator's license in college. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> It just that that reminded me of oh, sorry to, to go on this rant, but I went to Sheridan College, which is a school here in Ontario for illustration, hmm. and it was a three year program. Graduated, you know, hustled, got work, and then I went back to the school to give a lecture a couple of years later, and it changed into a four year program. The fourth year was added so you could get a master's in illustration. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Like in conjunction with a local university, oh,
5: and I was like, "You
2: don't need a fourth year." Like, like all of my classmates in in third year were like, "Okay, yeah, we kind of learned what needs to be learned," and so the fourth year is basically just like your independent study and a lot of kind of academic Hmm. courses. For illustration, which is a very practical, (laughs) business-minded career choice, (laughs) and so I remember going back and I was talking to bunch of like first or second years and i said how many of you are going to be taking the fourth year because it was optional at at that point and like almost every hand went up and i i I said well how many of you are doing it because you know the masters will enable you to be a teacher and almost all the hands went up and i remember saying (laughs) I'm like your math doesn't work out here. You're not all going to become teachers. <laughs> like the school can't just graduate sixty teachers of that course every year. Anyways, it was just uh, for a few years. I, I I I would rant about about the fact that like people saw that as one of the best outcomes of art school, which was you could then teach art school. And I'm like, oh, that's just I oh. don't like I don't like that logic at all.
0: <laughs> oh, I figured that out long ago. <laughs> yeah, long yeah. Ago. Like in <laughs> in Hawaii, there's a, like only a handful of art art teacher jobs, and mm-hmm. they get and they get people until they die.
4: Yeah, oh, Like
0: yeah. They they stick it out till like they're 65. So yeah, that, it's like circling around a a shopping mall, and none of the parking spaces are opening. <laughs> yeah. so at a certain point, you go. I'm going to go somewhere else and park and shop, right? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I'm cynical too.
2: <laughs> yeah. So sorry. I mean, that that was one of my weird digression there. But I, I I did really enjoy this, and there are a lot of moments in it that I I really I really liked. I just didn't like it as much as Blank Canvas. But I will say, the color at the beginning, especially the cover, is gorgeous.
5: Mm. Yeah, wow. which is good.
2: Okay. Which is good for a manga
3: about art. <laughs> <laughs> the, the
0: actual the author it. is actually a graduate of that school.
3: I figured there had to be some yeah. kind of connection.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> there had to be some knowledge there, yeah.
3: Yeah. I can jump in as a Please. college dropout/almost went to art school person. Do mm. tell. It's got to be a unique perspective. There were bits of this that I liked a lot, but I can totally see it as a seinen manga <laughs> because even though the main character is very hunky, like he doesn't really have anything, but like a hardworking personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he's a little edgy, like he's, you know, a, he smokes, he drinks this and that, but like he still bears down and in six months is like ready to apply to art school. Yeah. Which is kind of ridiculous, but it makes <laughs> sense from a fantasy standpoint
5: mm-hmm. of
3: looking back at your youth and all the things you could have done. If only, you know, you had a modicum of discipline. <laughs> <laughs> And what's funny, I kept thinking of Slam Dunk while reading this, Takahiko Inoue's basketball manga, because it has a very similar approach, I think, in terms of, like, if you look at this as a sports manga, like he finds his specialty, he finds the one that lets him kind of unlock himself, like discover something about himself, and he finds the, the coach that helps him go through that's always yeah. a little bit unorthodox. Like, it's super sports manga.
2: Yeah, and the other players that like oh, you know, that's that's a really yeah. good player and that's the one that tries hard. Yeah. That's
3: the oil painting ace, you know. <laughs> yeah. And there's even, you know, he's a little bit poor so he can't afford like the really high quality. Like there's it's a very aspirational story. And from yeah. a like old from a comic aimed at older men perspective, it makes perfect sense in that way. Mm-hmm. Like that's chip it. I do wish it was a little more personality driven if that's fair to say. Yeah, because I think one thing Slam Dunk excelled at was giving you characters who you understood off the page. Like Mm -hmm. Hanamichi's terrible with girls; he's very arrogant, and as soon as he gets like a leg up, like he's going to exploit it for everything he can. But this guy mostly is like a little bit anxious and does his homework in like silence where his parents can't see.
5: Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah,
3: you know, it's different. It's still very good, but it's kind of a different approach. So, like Chip, I think I like the blank canvas a little bit more. But as an adult, and this is like in the past, since Christmas, let's say, I've been trying to draw more often on the regular. And Mm. so the explainer stuff was very redundant, but it was nice to see it laid out in a way Mm. that makes sense for me as someone who's like, oh, right, I'm really good at judging this, but how do I do it again? Yeah. Yeah. Because I've been drawn on the regular, you know, probably 10, 15 years. So I still get the basics. I still understand, you know, perspective and this and that. But the gap between what I, can do. And the gap between what I appreciate is like the sun to Pluto. (laughs) (laughs) Like I might've played myself a little bit, but all the advice about like, you know, you just work hard, find your specialty, try a bunch of different things. And most importantly, finish things that you start Finish, you know, try different things as you finish things. It all makes sense. And I liked reading it on that front, but I don't know if it was compelling necessarily, you know, just,
2: a, just as an aside, what are you drawing?
3: Uh, yeah. Right now, mostly shapes. I'm moving on to still lifes, actually. After reading this book, the still life advice in here was really, it clicked for me in my head.
5: Okay, that's mm. good. In I'll terms of
3: see. using it as a way to figure out how to see something. Yeah. You know, so I'm going to start probably doing that. I try to do it a couple times a week just to sit and have, you know, uninterrupted drawing time. But like I was on a plane recently, and I just spent the entire flight, it was a couple hours, just drawing squares and then drawing smaller squares inside the squares. Hmm. Get used to using the Apple Pencil, which is actually on top of my thingy right here. Oh, neat. Yeah. So, yeah, it's cool. I like it a lot. I'd probably keep reading it, but I don't know if I would have picked it up myself if not for Deb's glowing recommendation. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Yeah. But I love the student drawings in here. I think that's a really cool way to do that.
5: Yeah,
0: yeah, that was a nice touch that they actually got real student drawings, it was, and it wasn't just the manga artists drawing what they thought were student drawings.
3: Yeah,
2: I I felt a little bad for the, the people's drawings when they were supposed to be the bad drawings. Oh.
1: <laughs> That's a, yeah, fair. <laughs> oh uh, no! So, Chris, what did you think of Blue Period? I'm glad I didn't go first this week because it, both Chip and David arrived at all my points. So now I get to just reinforce everything. This is a sports manga. This is absolutely yeah. a sports manga, and it's told in that way, right down to, like, right down to like how plays work, like on the field. If you're reading like an Ice Shield Twenty-One or something, or like how a play will work on the on the court when you get into later volumes of, of Slam Dunk, or even real. And yeah, it isn't. There's a like visceral quality to all of Akiko Higashimura's work, frankly. <laughs> but mm. but her autobiography, her memoir, Blank Canvas in particular, has, has that visceral, up-front, you're-in-it kind of a place, and there's so much distance here. And the places... I feel like that's actually on purpose. I might be being generous, but I feel like it's very deliberate because the places that have the least amount of distance are the places where he actually loses himself inside of art. The part where he's tumbling through... The sky over Shibuya, like as he's thinking about Shibuya, actually has a beautiful visceral quality that Mm -hmm. is more in the moment than almost anything else in the book. Deb actually shared a sequence with us from volume two because it is her favorite sequence. And that was so real. Like that actually felt like really, really real (laughs) to me. I teared up reading it and it's about why he wanted to go to art school and talking to his mom finally, which they sort of dance around this, this volume. That was a really good parent child confrontation when a lot of that stuff is usually pretty weak so yeah, I think if you like sports manga, you're gonna like this. it's written exactly like. This. I really liked I really liked that aspect of it, but like chip, once you know the sports manga stuff, <laughs> once you know the things that they're trying to explain to you, you're just waiting for it to be over because it's like, oh my God, you're explaining like like perspective types and like shading a cube it's like i i did that for the first time a very long time ago <laughs> and it's just a, <laughs> like you know it's not like i said like like david said it's nice nicely reinforced on the page but yeah man that's not it's not where i'm at and it's interesting too because the sports manga that i like the best don't do a lot of that mm-hmm. ping pong which doesn't do it literally at all it doesn't explain even one aspect of ping pong in any way it doesn't doesn't care there's and,
2: n- really uh, nothing to learn about ping pong, though. I'm sorry. Oh,
1: my God. I <laughs> need to do a different ping pong manga that spends all of its time explaining. Okay. <laughs> uh, they do actually talk about That's not true. They do talk about the way the rubber is on the paddles and how that can change the way a ball spins. And that's like mm-hmm. their big moment. But that's like one scene out of five. volumes. Mm. But then Cross Game, actually, the baseball manga by oh, Adachi, yeah. which is one of my, again, favorite manga of all time, doesn't spend a lot of time on how baseball works it te- spends a lot of time on like why it's important that they get to these tournaments the quotient tournament and things like that and why it's important to them but it's emotionally driven right it's not like explainer driven and i thought i find i respond to that better and that's you know the stuff that i bounced off most of in blank canvas was the really explainer stuff but it was short and it was all about her emotions and her reactions to it and the other characters and this I don't know, when, I started, when we started getting to the pages of like the differences between all of the Tokyo art schools, I was like, oh man, maybe I'm not going to like this manga. And it really redeemed itself by having a lot of really beautiful sequences where it was like, oh, okay, it's not just going to be an explainer manga about different artistic techniques and how to apply for school and all that kind of stuff. It's actually going, it's trying to say something. And that scene in volume two that Deb shared with us reinforces that, that there, is going, there are going to be human connections here, that the characters have more to them than Maybe our first appear. You need that. I don't know, man. I this is one that I didn't lose myself in like I did Blank Canvas. I was like looking at how it was constructed, and it was like you need that sort of blank, sane protagonist at the beginning who doesn't have a lot of personality because this is the kind of book that you need to have the reader project themselves into. Whereas Blank Canvas, it's her story. Like you're there because she's interesting. This, you're here because. The author thinks that this idea is interesting. This journey is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that there's a lot there. I have more to say, but uh, I think we haven't heard what Deb actually. (laughs) (laughs) Deb, what'd you think of Blue Period?
0: Oh, I mean, obviously I loved it enough to recommend it to you guys and to see what you thought of it. You know, like one, like I've said before, I love explainer manga. (laughs) I love manga that teaches me stuff. I like sports manga a lot. I like manga where someone you know, tries their hardest to become a better person, reach their goals. I went to an art school, private art school, and I went to art, I went to university as an art major, and it made me nostalgic. It Mm. it made me nostalgic for those times when I, when making fine art, capital F, capital A, was super important to me. Mm. Like, you know, that, that feeling of I'm expressing myself, or I'm trying to reach the best Trying to reach this level of craft that people will look at and be moved by, and you know, like since it's twenty something years past, and I'm mostly, I'm, I'm basically a commercial illustrator. I I know once upon a time I did. I used to be an art critic for the newspaper in Honolulu. I used, I used to write reviews of you know the visiting and the local art shows, and I used to, I used to have art shows. I said I had solo art shows. I, where I was trying to say something, you know, about myself and how I saw the world. And I remember years ago, a friend of mine told me, you have to decide whether that's your, that's your journey or not. Once you leave that road, it's hard to get back. It's hard to do that kind of work and be that. She didn't say self-indulgent, but to, to, <laughs> you know, to want to go down that path. And, you know, really question who you are and put yourself out there naked and say, this is what I think of the world. This is what I want to say to the world. And be ready for people to say, that's bullshit, or that's horrible, mm. or that's crap. And then have your livelihood depend on whether it's good or not. You know, that it's, it's terrifying. So when I read Blue Period, I, it makes me nostalgic for those times when that, those, the fears and the realities of making a living in the arts didn't matter to me. You know all that really mattered was me and my me and the materials, me and what I wanted to say, me and my classmates, you know me and the me in the arena of ideas and images and I, and that was a really i guess it feels innocent now
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. you know,
0: it feels innocent it's self indulgent and luxurious, and i it, reading this made me long for that time
3: is it luxurious because reality is so Harsh in that world, like you have to have such a strong, like, strength of will to get through.
0: I think so, and it's it's it is a tightrope. I could relate to a lot of your Torah's feeling of being on a tightrope. Like, am, am what am I doing the right thing? Am I, am I being naked enough? Am I being am I am I being true? Mm, am yeah. I being am I being a poser? Am I, am have I am I chickening out? Am I not not willing to really express myself fully? And those yeah. fears are real to me and those feelings I can remember. I remember, like Chip was saying, it's like, yeah, I, I never got to bother to get a master's because, yeah, the, 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 what was what was the result of that? And many thousand dollars later, you could become a professor and never get it. Yeah. And <laughs> fight for those few jobs, which I didn't want to do. But also, oh. too, it's like, you know, the I think anyone who goes into art gets told, why are you doing this, right? You're going to make a mm-hmm. living off of that? You know, they don't call a starving artist for nothing.
4: <laughs> but
0: <laughs> you know, I mean, I think what, what doesn't come across, and maybe I think to Chip's point, is like, you know, the the teach the high school teacher. That's what she did. She went to the most competitive art school in public art school in Japan, and she came out of it a high school art teacher. You know, that was a path, right?
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I'm here to tell you, kiddies, you can have an art major, and you can do all kinds of stuff. <laughs> you can have all kinds of careers, and that's yeah. and having that background is useful in all kinds of ways that you may not that may not be apparent to you. Saying as someone who has read all the way up to volume five, the explainer manga part of Blue Period is pretty dense in volume one. It it relaxes a lot in subsequent volumes. It's not as much trying to explain basic art techniques. Yeah, I have to tell you, I did not know that you had to sharpen the pencil that way.
3: I, that oh, yeah. was wild.
0: I've never done
3: that. <laughs> like I know a bunch of people who hold their pencils like strangely, but I've never seen like the super long Yeah.
0: So it had something to teach me and I thought that was fun. <laughs>
2: yeah. The pencil thing, I don't know if I picked that up in art school or from illustrators outside of art school, but but no no illustrator I knew back in the day used a pencil sharpener. They all mm. used a knife just so that and for the most part, it wasn't just so they could get like more interesting kind of angles, but it was just so they didn't waste the lead.
1: Mm. Yeah, the lead so expensive. Oh, they,
2: yeah. they could just get rid of the wood and and save the lead. Like usually when you use a, a pencil sharpener, especially a mechanical one or whatever, it's just it's getting rid of so much lead. Mm-mm-mm. Just wasteful.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that. I was like thinking, like, wow, I've never done that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I agree that I think the first volume feels very explanatory. Mm-hmm. but i think further down the line like you see like yuka the the trans kid goes through a lot and helps yatora discover things confront some things about himself that he didn't think he would mm-hmm. i think you know and the other art students like the guy we meet later who is supposed to be really gifted and he's really sullen but he also has something to teach yatora because yatora starts to wonder what's what's the difference between being gifted talented and just working hard
3: This book was where I found out that talented doesn't just mean a hard worker, like someone who figured it out. Because, like, my whole life, I've been thinking that talent was something that you can kind of grow into,
5: you know? Mm.
3: Like, hard work gets you there. But there was a conversation where someone's like, hey, don't use talent to describe my work. It makes it sound like I got here by accident, something like that. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like, I guess that kind of makes sense. Yeah. But one thing I really appreciated about this book it happens a few times in here, Chris touched on it earlier, are the moments where they show creating as like a transcendent action. Like Mm, when he's floating through city, when he's falling into the page. There's a line from an old Rakim song that I love where he talks about sinking into the paper like he was ink, and then being trapped in between the lines until he finishes the rhyme. And I feel like everyone has that thing that they sink into. Like for me, it's writing. Like it's Mm. absurd how many essays I've written just to understand something like for myself. And then just never shown anyone because it's the most natural way, you know, for my brain to think. And I like that like Yatura kind of finds that this is his thing. And I think he's gonna zero in on like specifically what it is in terms of art. But I thought that was really relatable, really nice.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agreed. Also the 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 scene where you're kind of floating over the the buildings, that wouldn't have worked if it wasn't for the fact that this is really, really well executed. Yeah. Mm. Like if he was floating over the buildings and they <laughs> look like garbage, this <laughs> <It laughs> would not have the same impact. But it's it's a really beautiful scene as a result, of the high level of craftsmanship in in this book.
3: Yeah. I did think it's like very obviously digital. Oh. The work. Like something about how it uses screen tones and like the details they focus on. It didn't distract me too much, but I think I would have liked to see like a more
1: Dirty line,
3: I guess. Yeah, that's it's a very very
1: clean book, except for the painting, which is actually really traditional.
5: Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, David
2: doesn't consider digital art real art. Oh, uh, no. that's <laughs> basically what he's
3: saying.
5: <laughs> if you're not drawing
3: yeah. with charcoal in a cave, it really doesn't count. But Yuka, I... she <laughs> is she trans, or does, is she cross-dressing? Because I noticed that she wears different tops and bottoms in the school uniform, which was kind of a cool
0: look that I've seen mm-hmm. in manga before. She's basically cross-dressing at this point. Okay. Yeah. Not to spoil too much, but as you get further into the book, she really starts to explore what, what her sexual identity is. Okay. And different directions she could go with it. There's a later scene where she takes on speaking more femininely. Mm. And and that starts to disturb Yatora a little bit because she kind of goes too far,
4: <laughs>
0: like she's because she takes on a job at a bar.
1: Mm-hmm. I see.
0: Yeah, so
1: she struggles yeah, a figuring lot. Stuff out, figuring stuff mm? out, stuff out. That makes a lot of sense in this context. Yeah, that does.
3: It, I was trying to just decide how much to dislike Yatora for repeatedly deadnaming her, but, mm. but I couldn't see. I could see there was yeah, some kind yeah. of interplay there, and I'm I'm sure context comes later in the series but all he really has is like art and that relationship and his parental, you know, that relationship as well. And I was like, is he supposed to be antagonistic? Is this like a childhood friends thing?
0: No, I think he basically just meets her in high school. But I think when you get to volume five, that's when she really confronts him about how he treats her.
5: Oh, nice. Okay.
0: And kind of like, kind of like pushes him farther as far Mm -hmm. as like what, are, how naked are you willing to be in your art? How mm-hmm. how how much of this this mask or barrier are you putting between you and other people because you're trying to be perfect or trying to make make yourself a people pleaser?
5: Mm-hmm.
0: And and even the teacher confronts him about that, right? Like what I found was really neat about the teacher is that for someone who he seems really easygoing, she is actually very thoughtful and notices things about each student. And approaches them all uniquely and meets them where they are, you know? Yeah. Like she says, I can see you're a little too concerned with pleasing those around you. Yeah. And then the challenges she gives them, right? Like in the class, she knows the kids are there for a cruise class. So she just says, draw something, you know, like scenery, right? And yeah, if you want to draw boobs, go ahead, draw boobs, make them nice and squishy and whatever, right? Like she meets them where they are. But when it comes to the art club, she gives them much more challenging assignments that they could either do or not do, but if they complete it, they really will grow. So I, I thought, as as a former art teacher, I thought, this is super thoughtful assignments. She's giving mm. she's giving nice feedback, useful and constructive feedback. And if you actually look at some of the assignments, and, and in later volumes, he has a cram school arts teacher named Oba Sensei, who is even more eccentric and <laughs> pushes him further and it's. I, I think this is like a love letter to art teachers. This series
3: is the timeline feasible?
0: As someone who's <laughs> been drawing since I was five, <laughs> I will say, I, I will say that there are people who start out being told they're talented all their lives. Yeah. Who progress slower because they're never pushed to be any better?
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: and there are people who start from scratch and accelerate quickly because. They're they're sponges, you know. They're ready to go. And but mm-hmm. I think Yatora's journey from being an absolute newbie to getting into the most competitive art school uh, requires some suspension of disbelief.
1: There's some yeah. manga magic, there.
4: <laughs> but, but I don't want to say it's impossible because it, yeah, you know, yeah, you
3: know yeah. You know yeah. You know yeah. <laughs> it's a long shot, but it's a little manga. There is one of my least favorite things is when someone's like, "This isn't a movie, or this isn't a manga," and they do that in this. <laughs> Because it's always like, yeah. two
4: those. <laughs> <laughs> I don't but know. it is
3: like, that makes sense. It's more motivational when there's like a fantasy aspect of the story. So kind of rags, not rags to riches, but kind of upward trajectory.
4: Yeah. Know, Chris, yeah, you, you
3: mentioned sure. ping pong earlier that it's been a while, but to my memory, that has a bunch of people who are already great working to achieve victory.
1: We'll save it for the ping pong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> be a ping pong I'm not even. I'm kidding. The thing that this has most in common with ping pong is that both the lead character of this, uh, and I'm as anyone who's been listening to the podcast knows, I'm terrible with names. I'm so sorry. Uh, lead character of this and the lead character of Canada, yeah, Canada uh, and Pekka. <laughs> The thing they have in common is that they're both playing roles and since david broke the seal on using song lyrics in this ep- this uh, episode <laughs> i was reading this and i was like the first the first couple pages especially was like oh this is like that nirvana song in bloom he's the one that knows all our pretty songs but he doesn't know what they mean like, sing along you know I, oh. I put those in the wrong order and he's just playing a role right he's totally hollow like the lead character i kind of hinted at that like he has to be able to be projected into but He's so disconnected from everything around him, but he studies real hard. He knows all the answers, doesn't know what any of it means. Like he's like, "Oh, this is a place. This is a tombstone. That means that it's very spiritual." But it's like he's never been to the tombstone. He doesn't know what the spirituality is. Doesn't mm-hmm. know what it means. But he knows what it is. He has the facts, but he doesn't have any of the knowledge, the life. Right. Mm-hmm. That is a role that he's playing, and that is what the art teacher is trying to connect to him on. Like that's the whole thing. Is like. No one can see through the role. His friend, who's cross-dressing, can kind of just like starting to pick it apart a little bit. But he's like he puts on this role. He's he's acting like a delinquent, even though you know he likes to go out and get in a good headspace and you know get a little drunk. But he doesn't go too crazy because at the end of the day, it doesn't mean anything to him. He has the cigarettes. The whole cigarette section I thought was was good. I thought it was like a, a mm-hmm. really good way of showing yeah, his character. Where he carries the cigarettes around, but doesn't like to smoke. He does it to fit in with the people that he has to fit in with to be part of this group. Being a delinquent. Means that people won't approach him, won't ask him to be a part of things. He gets to set his own boundaries and space from other people. But he's still good looking. He still has like dyed blonde hair, which you can apparently get away with in his school, and you can't in every school in Tokyo. That kind of thing. Ping pong is the same way. Whereas this dude has like no skill at all. Peko in ping pong has all the has all the talent. He has the natural talent. He is just like, but he's never challenged. He's never has to do anything. He just plays this role of being a ping pong prodigy who doesn't give a shit about anything else, like literally cutting out school in the middle of the day while his teachers are yelling at him because he doesn't care because he wants to go here, go watch someone else play ping pong that he heard was pretty good. And he gets wrecked, like wrecked. As soon as he meets people that have talent and persistence and determination and have worked hard, he gets just destroyed because he's been resting, right? Ping pong is really good. That's that's where the connection is for me there, is that like both of them are playing these roles. Both of them have settled into this space. Both of them get shaken up by from their complacency, whether it's at the bottom of a particular thing or at the top of a particular thing. And I think that that's really important to understanding a lot of the last half of the book. Like his parents giving him all this space because he turns in good grades. It's all he wants, right? He wants to just not have to deal with them. And it's not until you get to the scene with his mom in the second book where it's like, I've never looked at you before. I've always tried to get away from you. I've always tried to be away from you. I've never looked at your hands. I've never looked at, you know, you've got pretty good guns because you're always lifting <laughs> things for us. You're always cooking for us. You're always doing things for us. You're always tired. You're always taking all these burdens onto yourself. And I've never noticed because I was wrapped up in my own shit. And that's like, that was such a good, powerful scene. Like you never get, you rarely get writing like that. Was, um, we, still yeah. had that moment. we didn't have a moment. We didn't have a moment like that in blank Campus at all like she never looked inward at all (laughs) you know what i mean in that volume and i thought that that well you know we only read the first one yeah i i really think that it was one of those things where it was like oh and he's going to learn the air of his ways and whatever and it's like he didn't and it's just they're trying to build these other things around him and i think that that's interesting and i think it's something that happens in ping pong but it happens more, it happens more slowly and more goofily because there is a character in it that's that's just like him. It's Smile, right? And he's just like pure determination. He's just putting everything else aside to become good at ping pong, mostly to get his best friend to notice him. But it's still that's what he like. He's driven, and he becomes the best. He becomes the best in under a year, and he becomes better, far better than, than Pecco ever was. But it doesn't. He doesn't have any joy in it, right? Like there's no yeah, joy. Yeah. There's no love. It's just he's doing it because that's what he's supposed to do because that's the way that he can get through the situation that he's in, and that's where we have the the, the protagonist here. He just wants to get out of school. He's just going to apply to the school that he's supposed to apply to, makes parents happy, never sees friends again, and that'll be that. And it's like, oh, something shook him up, and I yeah. think that that's maybe what's connecting with people about this because this is this manga is doing really well, right, Deb? Like, mm-hmm. there's an anime. Yep. It's really important, and mm-hmm. like people are. It's, it's, a, it's sold out. I'm <laughs> sorry if you're listening to this podcast. You cannot <laughs> buy Blue Period Volume 1 physically anywhere. It is out of print right now or between printings, as we say in these, the end times.
4: Indeed. But
1: there's so much to this that is like all subtle. And I feel like some of it's, it's cultural. Like you have to read or, or watch a lot of Japanese media to sort of get what the subtle stuff is. But it still works on like a totally pick it up and read level too.
0: I like that it was generally positive about art. I mean, whereas I feel like a lot of the art school stories I read in Western comics are very
1: cynical. Oh my God, so dark. So dark.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's go around the table and let's get some final words about Blue Period and I guess move on. So that was fast. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) We said a lot very quickly.
0: (laughs) Let's start with David to give Chip a little break.
3: Yeah. So my final thought will build on Chris's. Last thought, I got caught up in synonyms there for a minute. Mm. Passion and determination, I think, are the parts where this book, where those intersect in this book are where I connect with the book the most. Like when he finds a thing he loves, but also when he like, has the will to just sit down and do the thing that he loves. Because there's this old saying that I heard a lot growing up but I didn't get till I was grown that uh, there ain't nothing to it but to do it. And it's mm. true of literally everything. Like You have to do it. If you don't do it, it doesn't happen. Whether it's like creating art or making good things happen. And the hard part is finding the will, finding the talent, finding the approach that works for you. And I think that where this book is good is that it shows you an approach that works. And it also, by virtue of all the explainer stuff, like if you need a blueprint, this is kind of like a decent on ramp needed. So pretty cool. I'm curious to see where it goes. I might watch the anime to see how the next couple of episodes land. Yeah. I've had it playing in the background since we started the conversation. It looks like the first two episodes (laughs) cover the first volume and a half, maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. If you
0: watch all 12 episodes, it takes you pretty much up to volume six, I think. Yeah. it's And it'll give you a good, a good stopping point. I don't know if they'll, they'll continue it to another season, but I think it's really nice to see these images in color and in motion. Mm. It's pretty faithful to the manga.
3: Yeah, all the hair colors are a surprise, but that's always helpful. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Chip, what's your what's your final thoughts on Blue Period? Before I get to
2: my final thoughts, just a question: Like, does this manga, with the subsequent volumes, does it go into like abstraction, impressionism? Like, 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 do the characters attempt things that aren't kind of still lifes and realistic portraits?
0: Yeah, actually, they do. Yatora, okay. actually uh, in the when he goes to the Art cram school. The art mm-hmm. the teacher there challenges them to do much more conceptual pieces mm. and much more abstract pieces. And and she's really tough on him because like he he does one that's very successful, and then the next when he does one that is just a a riff on the first one, she calls him on it.
5: Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. That's pure sports manga. He's like it's really unexpectedly strong in one very specific thing, and then can't do the other things and has to like regroup and figure it out. Oh my god, sounds great. <laughs>
4: It's,
2: it's like it's like ninety percent of superhero comic book artists.
1: <laughs>
0: it's kind of neat because she does, Then the, the subsequent volumes that that teacher could, uh, forces him to think more conceptually about why he creates art and what he's what he's trying to say, and to go beyond just drawing what's in front of him. They talk about composition. They talk about you know creating different ways of expressing the same subject in front of you than other people. And his fellow students challenge him as well. Okay. It does get more challenging.
2: <laughs> yeah, in that case, I I, I might I might join David in uh, checking out the the anime because I am curious as to where it goes. Maybe not enough to read the manga, but having it on the background, yeah. I'd be I'd be curious to see.
3: Yeah, the progression. Looks like it's subtitles only right now.
1: So, oh, get ready for that.
0: <laughs> Wait a minute! You uh, don't like subtitled anime? No, I do. Oh, you do.
3: Yeah, I'm neutral. I like both. I mean, I just like cartoons.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm on the fence. I haven't, I haven't watched enough to really have a strong preference. I don't. Okay, this is this is this is my my big take, and it mostly stems from seeing like kind of foreign language films in the theater. I don't like subtitles because it Mm -hmm. actually takes my eye away from what it should be doing.
4: Yeah.
3: makes sense
2: and i think it, it's a disservice to the it's weird because you lose one thing you either lose the the cadence of the voices even if i don't understand them or you lose a lot of what's happening visually uh, on the screen because you're 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 busy you're busy reading so i i, I tend to i tend to lean dub is that what it is yeah. subs versus yeah, dubs dub. yeah i tend to lean more dub as a as a result
0: oh interesting
3: yeah. 30 years ago, that would have been an, an incredibly controversial opinion.
0: <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm so
1: sure. I mean, incredibly controversial opinion now.
2: Yeah.
4: Speaking right. of controversial opinions, Chris, what's yeah. your take on this?
1: <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Some people can just read subtitles as they're reading the, the images and the frames. It's like comics, right? Like some people actually read the word balloons and then look at the art and then sort of take all take the frame and the panel in all at once. And some people just look at the whole thing at once while reading and it's the same thing at the same time.
2: No, that's bullshit.
1: No, man. Like it's sorry. Sometimes if I'm speeding <laughs> through, I'll read just the word balloons. Right. And then realize I missed stuff. No, some people can just watch subtitled stuff and it's not the same thing. I think people read things differently. I think we approach visual, like visual things differently. We process it differently. I think it's fascinating, So like actually no shade. Like I can't, I can only watch dub stuff if I'm doing literally anything else, including my phone. If I'm watching subtitled stuff, it takes all of my attention. Mm-hmm. But I usually can't watch TV without looking at my phone now. So it's probably a win to watch it, things. It's
2: dubbed. it's a problem in my household right now because I want to watch the Maz Mickelson movie Another Round. Mm-hmm. which oh, is It's a subtitle. Yeah. And every time I suggest it to my wife, she's like, Oh, the subtitle one? Mm. And I know it's because she likes to look at her phone. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm just like oh, you need to you need to commit to me and to this movie
3: <laughs> and to Mads Mikkelsen. It should be easy. It
2: should think. be
1: <laughs> very handsome.
2: Very handsome. Anyway, sorry.
1: No, yeah. no, it's good. Yeah. Final <laughs> thoughts. I don't really open up on the podcast much. I leave that to you guys. Art was always really lonely for me. Uh, making art, I really loved it, but it was never. The only the making of the art was always really lonely. It was always very solitary. And not just solitary, but lonely. But I would lose myself in it. And it was making things like zines and mini comics and stuff like that. That part of it, sharing it with people, was the like judge on a finished product, don't be involved in my process kind of a stuff, right? And as I started writing more online, I stopped drawing because writing was more immediate and that feedback was more immediate and it was it felt better frankly uh, drawing was like being alone and then turning something out and even if it was good even if people liked it it was so much work whereas writing something was so much easier when david i think half a year ago when you said exactly that uh, i was like in my head going oh my god david gets it (laughs) you know what i mean like i yeah and so writing and writing was became really social i mean because of internet forums and because of like webzines that I founded and worked on with Chip actually back in the day Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It was a lot less lonely. And there's something about this book that hit for me because he's so lonely before he gets into art. Mm. And art for him is a way out of his loneliness because everyone is kept at a distance in his life before he finds art. I thought that that was maybe the most successful part of this. Is that, well, For it's the part that resonated most. with So it's why it's probably I've had a hard time getting back into drawing. Uh, I did try a few times after we had the, we should all draw each other episode. And Deb did that awesome drawing of all of us. And psyched uh, everyone else out. Yeah, except, Mine's still coming, by the way. <laughs> Shush. It doesn't feel good like it used to. And maybe I got an Apple pencil for Christmas, Andrew, my husband and business partner. Got me an Apple Pencil for for my iPad for Christmas, and so I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start on that again.
5: It's yeah, hard.
2: It's, it's, it's hard tough. because you can with with art, you can see that you're not good. Yeah, mm-hmm. with not, writing, you can't usually. I'm not as
1: good as I used to be in art, and that's mm. even worse because mm. I've fallen. I Used to be, I I was I was approached to pencil a pro project. Wow. And I, I up oh, I'm Sorry, sorry for the bleeps, everybody. <laughs> because I was overconfident. Because I thought I could do it, so I didn't put the work into actually doing it, so it never got done. Hmm. And kind of when I stopped drawing. And I, it feels bad when I draw now, because it feels like I didn't make it when I could have made it, you know, when I got got real close. And it feels good when I write. (laughs) It feels like I'm still, like even now, like when I put stuff back out there, like yeah I, that's a good turn of phrase or like oh that's an idea that i had that i feel like is actually on the page writing the show notes has actually been really you know some weeks it's hard when i can't get to what i want to say but sometimes sometimes it's really good so for it to bring up those kinds of feelings and for me to even want to talk about them i think it has that going for it. <laughs> i think it did give me a space to be in this manga whereas blank canvas which i think honestly better didn't have any space for me as, as a reader. <laughs> as, as a person who went through a similar journey to her, it was all her. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's actually made for a great book. But this was just open enough that I could see, feel what he was feeling and how it related to how I felt. It's a rare thing. It's a rare manga. So, Deb, I'm so happy you let us read that for the podcast. Thank you.
0: Awesome. I'm glad you liked it. It wasn't like one of those, everybody loved it, you, you know, like five stars all around. But I'm glad that we got a chance to talk about it. And I'm glad it at least made you curious enough to want to watch the anime. <laughs> mm, yeah, I'll take that as a win.
2: <laughs> uh, so spoilers. I, I never will. But I want to.
1: Download, okay. it onto your, download it onto your iPad for the plane, man. You got nothing it's to do for five hours.
2: Are you okay. kidding? The plane is like the, my prime work spot. <laughs> I love working on the flights.
4: Mm,
0: Get cool. yourself some business class, Chip. You deserve it.
2: <laughs> oh, I oh I did. Oh, I did.
0: <laughs> all right, and that was our little chat on Blue Period. We'll be right back after this commercial. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Okay. And we are back. And as we are rounding the bend to the ending of season two, we are still going to pick some books that are going to take us into season three. So let's see, what can we pick next for Chip? And just to spice things up a little bit, let's let Chip pick too. Mm. 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 (laughs) So who would like to go first?
1: I, I may as well go first because I, I want to carry on. i'm just I'm just suggesting ping pong. I did a good job just now <laughs> describing things about it. I can say it's about two boys. One of them is very good at playing ping pong, and one of them is terrible at playing at, at everything and becomes very good at being playing ping pong. And it's not really about that. It's about friendship and it's about growing up, and it's about dealing with your shit, basically. I really like it. And I actually just took a look at the list of books that we picked for season two, and I think I picked fewer pages of comics this year than anyone else did. Nice. Real change from year one, where I picked like three <laughs> times as much. So I actually kind of want to do all of Ping Pong. It's one story. It's five volumes. It is available as two print volumes. I know in saying this, it's going to make Chip pick it last regardless, or if beg me not to do it but it's about as long as paradise kiss was and the characters are much less unlikable so i hope you will give it a shot it is available in two volumes now hmm. not unlikable not unlikable you're gonna hate some of them sometimes but in a great way <laughs> and the anime is really close so if you just want to watch the anime instead you could probably get away with it you get
4: note so. noted with that
5: <laughs> sorry sorry how
1: many pages again like a thousand
5: wow woof
1: <sighs> Chris, <laughs> wait—it's not a thousand, is it? It's its five volumes. It's probably a thousand.
5: Do you want us to
1: read five volumes? <sighs> the thing that makes it good is the resolution. Like the thing that makes it good is how it resolves. I'm so—I feel so bad that we had so many books this season and the first season that we're like, man, if we'd only read to blank, <laughs> we we would have seen the good part. You know what I mean? We would have <laughs> like even in this episode, which this was a solid first volume. We still kind of, if we had read volume two, might have had a different take on it. You know what I mean? We would have seen it go in a different direction. So sure. I kind of, I don't know. And also I have a lot of pride wrapped up in this particular book. This was one that I pushed really hard to get published at Viz, And then after I left a bunch of people picked up the torch, which was really nice. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a thousand, thousand pages. <sighs> Sorry. There's no lies. It's a thousand pages. <laughs> brutal. It's brutal. But, but <laughs> We won't get to season three for another month and a half. So that's kind of like a book a week, but if you're not reading anything <laughs> else. In addition to everything that Deb and I are gonna recommend.
5: Yeah. Yeah, Deb and yeah. you
1: and Deborah are down for like five volume series as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Jesus. If you wanna if you wanna bounce after volume one, I will not throw a hissy fit on the episode.
2: Yes, you will.
1: No, <laughs> if you really don't like it that much
5: we'll, we'll I don't just know what's we'll wrong just spoil we'll
1: dig in <laughs> all right anyway that's my pick that's my pick
5: all
0: right who's next david chip me i'll go for it go for it
3: like chris i'm going to recommend a book that i like a lot you know i've mentioned before that i don't bring some of my favorite books to the podcast because i feel like they're good books but not necessarily podcast worthy <laughs> podcast conversation worthy i should mm. say that way it's not mm. damning with faint praise but I'm going to recommend Ajin Demi-Human* Volume 1 by mm. Suena Miura, and Kamon Sakurai. And I'm going to go ahead and say the color pages, they're bad. There's like a really important <laughs> <unfortunate laughs> one on the first page. <laughs> Just to get it out of the way. And the art has kind of a manga Steve gross kyle Hotz fill a little bit, That's if that okay. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And essentially, a demihuman is someone who has an extra life, like in the video game. If they get hit by a car, you see that, you know, they get splatted, and then they just stand up, all their wounds are healed, and they're covered in blood. And a kid is in school, he's hanging out with his friends, and he walks into the road and gets hit by a truck. And then he wakes up after dying, and everyone's like, oh, crap, you're a monster. And things get much worse from there. There's bounties out on demihumans. There's terrorism, and there's a lot of really fun action scenes, which is why I came to like it.
5: Mm.
3: Volume one is a good start. I think it shows you, you know, kind of the world they live in, the settings, the powers. It's very much kind of in a edgy superhero vein. You know, like maybe
5: kind of body edgy, horror. It could too. be an image book. Yeah, yeah.
3: There's some body horror. There's some monster stuff in there.
0: Uh, yeah, it's definitely an image book.
3: <laughs> and the drawings only get better as time goes on, which is something I really appreciated about it. It's mm-hmm. fun, and I think it'll be an interesting conversation with the explaining gang.
2: Big question for me. How many pages?
3: <laughs> Unfortunately, it is 231, but that includes the cover, so you know it's not that bad.
0: <laughs>
3: All
5: right, Deb?
0: All right, I'm going to give you a choice of, do you want more sweet and funny, or do you want more smut? What's behind Mm. door number two, Carol?
2: (laughs) All right, yeah, let's go smut.
0: Smut, yes! (laughs) Finally. Okay, now the obvious choice would have been Dick Fight Island, but I Mm -hmm. don't think you're ready for Dick Fight Island yet. Okay. (laughs) You need something a little more straightforward and smutty, and that is Birds of Shangri La. It's by Ranmo Zaria, and it's basically. Has so many yummy things about boys love manga. Basically, stars a guy who is hard on his luck. He needs some money. The job he gets is to work as a fluffer at an at a tropical island that is a brothel, male only brothel, high end, where only really cute, sexy guys live. Now, this guy's straight, but his job is to treat the actual the actual guys who are being paid to have sex with them making them feel sexy. So there's a, there's a classic thing, right? Okay. I mean, one, okay. it's this super exotic setting. There is the straight guy who discovers maybe he's not as straight as he thinks. And there's mm. lots of decadence. <laughs> it's <All right>. yummy.
2: <laughs> I got a question for you, Deb. Mm. How many pages is it?
0: 195 pages.
2: Mm, in good. the In the lead. <laughs> Co- cover included?
0: And the other one was 144. He wants something shorter, but you know we'll get to that. No, 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 no. That's that's good.
2: Well, it's interesting to bring up Dick Fight Island because that was going to be my pick. So <laughs> 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 you think I'm not ready for it? <laughs> I'm going to put that at the end of the
5: picks. Mm, nice.
2: Which means I want some distance between Dick Fight Island and Birds of Shangri La. So, Bridge of will be number one. We're just going to go right into the smut. Is it Ajin Demi-Human?
4: Yeah, Demi-Human. We can go with that.
2: That'll be number two. Nice. Ping Pong? (laughs) Coming in, not last this time, because technically I'm last. So, Ping Pong comes in late, later. Number three, and then we'll circle around there and do Dick Island.
4: Yes. A pretty strong
3: first month. Sports, sex, and violence. Yeah.
2: Hey, there and, you go.
0: And more sex.
3: And more yeah. sex. Yeah. <laughs> I think Dick Fight Island possibly counts as a sports manga too, depending on how you feel about fighting.
0: They do fight with
3: swords. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs>
2: I do like that. Dev's pick and my pick are both uh, islands. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. nice. This That's will be an nice.
0: interesting contrast.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Panorama Island to Birds of Shangri La to Dick fight Island. It's
3: all the same island.
0: Yeah, is it's, the all, it's all it's all decadent just sides It's the same island.
2: <laughs> <laughs> is that just a thing in manga that islands are just places for decadence and? Dicks? I think
3: it's in. It's like Bloodsport, right? Mm. Like you fly to an exotic location
0: and mm. it's easier. Oh, right it's like an
3: <laughs> island where you can kind of make stuff up.
2: Yeah, international waters kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. All right. I like yeah. it.
0: What an exciting lineup for the start of season three. <laughs> oh my. we are definitely on a journey here, people.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, I think we have time for a few shout outs. Let's see. How about Chris? You got a shout out?
1: Yeah, sure. Chip was talking about subtitles and I was like, all oh, right, I just watched, I haven't been watching a lot of TV, but I was working on something, feeling a bit under the weather. I was working on something and Andrew put on TV next to me and it was called Barbarin. Maybe it's German Netflix production about barbarians and the invasion of Germany by Rome, I guess like 2000 years ago or 1800 years ago or something like that. It's all subtitled in German and then Italian, I guess. And it's really watchable and it's crazy. Like <laughs> all the characters that you know, know and love just keep getting like murdered over and over again. And you're like, who's going to make it to the end of the season? And kinda, <laughs> I figured it out now. So I couldn't watch it with all of my attention because it was too much. Like I was like, "I'm glad I'm writing a thing. I'm glad I'm looking at my phone." Basically, except I was creating content. But yeah, it was totally watchable. If you like swords and sandal kind of stuff, or those like many, many, many Netflix historical, you know, swords and sandal kind of things, Barber, pretty good, very watchable.
0: All
2: right, Chip, David, I finally caught the documentary *The Sparks Brothers*. Now that's on Netflix.
1: Ooh. Oh, it is, eh?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah the Edgar Wright-directed movie about. It was it Electropop? How would you define the Sparks Brothers?
5: Yes, yeah. Electropop.
2: Scott. Yeah. It, it's all about their career, and, and it's a little too long, but much like a, a Chris Butcher pick, a little too <laughs> long. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really, really fascinating. I don't think I've ever seen musicians or artists or anyone who are just so devoted to making things that it doesn't even matter if they're popular or not. Mm. And they, they ride the waves uh, high and low and they're not decadent. Like they're not driving around in crazy cars or anything. They just like have a very modest life and they've, they've made it that way so they can just keep making stuff. Even if nobody buys it or goes to see them, it's a really fascinating look into making art for art's sake.
5: Oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah.
1: My friend David, who you've met, watched that. He's like, "Have you seen (laughs) it by the guy who directed Scott Pilgrim?" I'm like, "No, I haven't seen it yet." He's like, "Yeah, it's a crazy movie. I've never seen like a um, like a fake documentary like that before." And I'm like, "What do you What do you mean? It's like, (laughs) yeah, it's like a it's like like a fake document." I'm like, "That's a real that's a real band. (laughs) Oh my god, those aren't real people." And I'm like, "Those are real people. This is their real life that they're chronicling." Yeah. He did not believe me. I'm like, look up the Wikipedia. And he's like, this has got to be a joke. Like, there's no way that these <laughs> people are real. So I was like, oh, now I I actually really want to see that. Yeah. So now I didn't know it was on Netflix. That's great. That's weekend's viewing sorted. Well,
2: what what makes it seem fake is just the fact that they bring in so many, like, big celebrities to talk about them. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. so many that it makes you kind of, I can see how you could be tricked into thinking it's fake. Like, oh, okay, they're, you know.
1: The interview sections of the Lonely Island movie. Yeah, the pop star never stopped stopping. It's just like yeah. pop star was amazing. Yeah, pop star, it really oh, was. Shit, pop star was amazing. I'm yeah. so glad yeah. you think so. Oh, it was so good. Anyway, <laughs> no one likes Popstar, star, I, but we all liked pop star. That yeah. makes me good. So good.
3: Shout <laughs> out, David. Yeah, my shout out's also amazing. It is a DC comic book that was written, drawn, colored, and lettered all by one person, and <gasps> that is Cliff Chang.
4: Wow! Oh, really yeah, In
3: mainstream comics. This is mm-hmm. Catwoman, Lonely City, which is his story of—I forget if she's fifty or sixty—but a Catwoman that's retired. Like horrible things happen. She went to prison. She's fresh out of jail, but she's only good at stealing stuff and being a tough old lady. So I think how, that if you're a relatable, listener, <laughs> yeah, if you're a <laughs> explaining listener, explaining reader, like I feel like if you will like this book, it's masterfully made. Everything's amazing about it. The pacing, the panel layouts. I don't know. It's just really good.
2: Oh, man. Yeah, I got to check that out. I've heard
0: nothing but good things. That sounds neat. Yeah. I love Cliff. I, I love, love his Cliff art. Yeah. His, his art's so he's beautiful. He's so
3: good. He's been so good for so long, too.
0: He is, as yeah. they say in the comic world, he's a good girl artist.
3: Yes. <laughs> also, an editor turned amazing artist, so I think he might be a new role model for me, depending on how the sketching thing goes. Wow. Uh,
0: a quadruple threat. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. My pick, as usual, is another manga. That's all I have to do. <laughs> Other than watching Get Back for nine hours, which was also awesome. Let's see. I read The Lines That Define Me by Hiromasa Tokami and, let's see, Atsunori Horiuchi. It's about ink painting. <laughs> it's an, it's kind of like, it, it tangentially follows Blue Period. It's basically about a young boy who discovers Japanese ink painting and it's really fascinating. There's a lot of things I didn't know about ink painting and how expressive it can be. How much you can, with just black and white and black and white ink and water, you can express colors and emotions and subtle, very subtle things. Hmm. It's really nice. It just came out this week, and I think it's worth picking up. There's Boom.
3: a Takahiko Inoue art book called Sumi. Yes. I think it's Japanese for ink. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. similar? That's correct. Yes. Okay, has, I, I'm pretty sure I have that. I got to pull that off my shelf.
0: Yeah, he has sumi and he has water. So sumi is all black and white art, and mm-hmm. then water is w- color art.
5: Oh, they're sweet. they're
0: both wonderful books. I hope, yeah, I would love to see him. I really would love to see more Taki and I want us to talk about Taki Ueno's work sometime, <laughs> but I keep finding smuttier things to bring into the mix.
4: <laughs>
3: yeah. Smut over sports. I get Smut it.
0: over classy. Whatever.
3: <laughs> yep, maybe yep. maybe yep.
0: that's Classic my deb. maybe that's my theme for season three.
5: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thanks so much for listening to Manga Explaining, and I hope if you love Manga Explaining that you will join us on the Manga Explaining Extra Substack because there's more of this wonderfulness to come. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. Manga Splitting episode 49, Blue Period by Tsubasa Yamaguchi. Thanks for listening. For our next episode, we'll be reading Our Dining Table by Mira Ota. Want to pick up a copy? Please consider supporting your local comic book and manga specialty shop. Find one near you at comicshoplocator.com, or check out your local library for print and digital lending options. You can also follow along with our complete reading list at mangasplitting.com. Thanks to DIDS for their musical accompaniment for this episode.